Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Product Life Podcast. This is Ramley John, your host, and I'm excited to have Rachel here because I'm a big fan. I'm not sure if you know this, Rachel, but I'm a big fan of Keep Analytics. I've used it in the past, and we have the VP of Product of Keep Analytics. How are you doing, Rachel? How are things with you? I'm um, great. I'm very happy to be here. So totally excited, of course, to talk about analytics. I'm a data geek. Sounds like you are one too. <laughs> I am for sure. Uh, and we have a connection. Like you used to work at PagerDuty. I, I studied math in, in University of Wiley. So well, yeah, I'm definitely an analytics nerd. But before we get there, we're going to nerd out on analytics because that's our jam. Can you tell a little bit about your experience with ice hockey? Because this is just to warm thing people up. Like, what is your history <laughs> with, with hockey and how is that? Yeah, let's let's go there first. Okay, well, so to do this, I since we're talking about colleges, it's hard for me to talk about ice hockey without college. So yeah. I went to MIT for college. and. Mm. I mentioned this because MIT is known for also being a big engineering school. And the important thing to understand about it also was that it was not, therefore, a big sports school. So (laughs) the great thing about it for someone like me who actually loves to play sports but is not any good at them is that you could try anything and they were just happy you showed up. So there is like one sport, I think at the time I went that you actually had to try out for to get into. And that was men's soccer. It's the only one, every other one you showed up, you were playing on the team. And so I got into ice hockey because it was a fun intramural thing for people to do. Like just everyone played D league intramural ice hockey. And if you've never seen that, you should, people are crawling on the ice. No one knows how to stop. If you are, you know, lucky enough to be heading down the ice with the puck on your stick towards the goal, you were going in with it. But I kept doing it because it was fun. And then eventually I joined the women's team because they're happy to have anyone. And then I've been really playing it ever since. I love it. I love that whole connection. Yeah, it's our unofficial sport of Canada. It's lacrosse, but <laughs> if you ask any Canadian news, yeah, what is your official sport? It's, it's hockey because it runs in our blood. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, believe me. Like I live in the Bay Area, but I also know 95% of the Canadians that are women in the Bay Area because I play ice hockey. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's so good. All right, let's, let's talk about analytics. Let's jump right in. And one of the things that you mentioned that you, you want to talk about is around proactive analytics. And I love that. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit about the difference between proactive analytics and reactive analytics? Yeah. So by proactive, what we're, we're talking about there or thinking about is when a system is gathering data and it can actually proactively recommend things to you to look at. Right. One of the problems with analytics is that it's so much data and so many users say, like, I just don't even know where to start. Like, sometimes you have a question in mind, but sometimes you just want to know broadly, like, okay, how is something performing? But what's important? What are the problem parts? Like, where should I look? And so proactive can mean a number of things. But one of the things I think is really interesting is when you can proactively surface things that where you should be putting a spotlight, like, look Mm. here. Right or cut the data this way. Right. Interesting. So it's more you're driving to the action, the so what to the data is what I'm hearing. Is that, is that yeah, it's, it's maybe finding things that are hidden and proactively surfacing them. It could also just be shortcutting it. So automating insights, essentially. So, you know, it may be an insight that a user will get to eventually, 
but they're cutting the data a bunch of different ways, looking at all the different angles. It takes a long time to get there. Possible that they miss it entirely. So let's take these things that we know are interesting and need attention and proactively surface them. I love it. It naturally follows is how can a team figure out those proactive analytics? Because from what I'm hearing, like this is kind of the way to improve your product, your customer experience, your your marketing. And now this is super important. Like how can they figure this thing out, this proactive analytics out if it's such key to delivering such a a great product experience? Yeah. And maybe I can give an example because that sometimes brings it to life. So let's imagine that in your application or site, you've got a form. Everyone's got forms somewhere, whether you're signing up to try something or whatever it is. And usually what you do when you're measuring analytics is you create a funnel. You want to see how people are getting through the funnel, but you're not going to be like, I want to look at every single field in this form, right? Like that's that's a lot of looking at stuff. You're going to say, Did people start the form? Did they finish the form? Did they do the next step? Did they do the next step, right? But what if there was one field on that form that was problematic, right? And so a proactive insight could be like, okay, 50% of people are falling off on this step. Look at this on the form. Look at this field because we see that that's where the error is happening. So good. I really love that. You're like trying to hone in problem points is essentially what it's, it's pointing out is what I'm hearing. Is that correct? That's correct. And if you're collecting as a system, you know, all the data, you know, can you use data science, you know, and, and look for patterns and proactively surface that so mm. that the user doesn't have to look at every single one by right. one by one and this, oh, okay, I found it. Interesting. I mean, now, I mean, the logical question that I'm thinking now as follow up to that is, okay, that's how you would find it. Like, what are some tools that obviously you work at Heap and probably that's one tool. What are other things that you're seeing that needs to be like integrated in terms of those data points? Yeah, so I'll start with Heap. So we did just launch a capability, a data science capability called Illuminate. And it does just this. Like it finds these things in the data, whether it's, you know, that one thing in the field that's broken, whether it's a step you might be missing in your analysis of a funnel, whether it's cut the data in this way, because you'll see variation in in performance by this variable, like maybe the variable is campaign or landing page or how the users come into the site. But asking about other tools and more generically, I think something that's really powerful that I've seen some customers um, doing successfully is really combining that quantitative data with more qualitative data. So for instance, let's narrow down, let's find the problem in the funnel, right? So what's the place where it's happening? And then let's look at the actual like visual of what the user is doing on the site because you know it's that thing, but you don't exactly know maybe what it looks like. And so it's really great to use quantitative and qualitative tools together to figure out where's the problem point, narrow it down. This is a set of, you know, user IDs that I can see, right, that are having this problem. And then now let's connect that to the actual, you know, visual, qualitative visual of what's happening. That's super cool that you can do all of this now with Heap Analytics. I mean, for people who are using are there other, I mean, maybe it might be a competition kind of thing, but is there a way to kind of maybe hack this together or like to figure this out uh, if they're not using Heap Analytics at the moment? It's hard. It's really hard. So it really 
Yeah. Now I have seen companies who build their own, right? So that does happen. Like you can actually build your own. The challenge with it is that a lot of technologies require that you know ahead of time what it is that you want to track, right? So I know, again, I have this journey. We use the same example of the form. Most users will not necessarily track every single form field, right? Or every single thing that could happen, every single error code. You'll start at a higher level. Like in general, I want to know what's happening here because it's work to do it. Like you have to ask the engineering team, implement this tracking for all of these things. So the nice thing about Keep is that we automatically track all that information so that we're tracking the things that you know you want, but also the things that you don't know you want. So that because the things that you don't know you want is where the problems happen. Like not every user follows the happy path. This is the cool and awesome thing about being like a digital product owner is what you're doing is you're building net new customer journeys. And because they're net new, by definition, you don't know every failure mode that is going to happen. And believe me, the users will do things that you never thought of. You're right. They would break. What is that law where like if it's going to break, it's going to break or so, yeah, something like exactly. that? <laughs> and in ways it. that you never would have thought of. And so what's so great about this is you don't have to think of it. You just collect everything and then you'll see what's happening and you'll find out about the things that you did not conceive could possibly happen. I love it. One challenge that I find with a lot of product-led organizations is around cross-functionality. I'm sure like this data, I mean, maybe the user research or product team will have it, but it affects it affects sales and marketing. What are your advice around that where like it's not siloed in this insight within just the product or whoever owns that piece and it gets shared across the whole org? And I'm curious, maybe even for HIPAA, HIPAA analytics, what you're doing as VV product, particularly to make sure that it's you're working with the VP of marketing, with the sales leaders, and that it's truly one team together? No, that's a great question. You know, it makes me think of ice hockey again. So one Love of it. the things <laughs> that's so important about ice hockey is effective teamwork, right? And I have played on lines with worse players and together we were way better than much better players because we just played really well together. And so I do think data is a great like equalizer or a way to bring teams and align them together. And the product and marketing example you gave is a great one. And we're actually doing this internally at Heap. So one of the things, of course, we care about is that new potential prospects can come to our site, can try the product, and can get value out of it. And that is a cross-functional effort. Like everyone who's obviously thinking about product-led growth, it's a cross-functional effort across marketing and product. And so how do you line and do the right things? Because you can make a change on the marketing side, like let's get all these new users coming, but then they may be the wrong fit for the product and they don't result in any trials or successful customers or sales. So... The most important thing in that alignment is agreeing on the data. What is the data we're trying to drive and making sure that you're sharing it across the organization. So starting with baselining it, agreeing that this is the way we're going to measure. These are our goals. 
and making sure it's widely shared and looked at and that the conversation is around how do we move this metric together and the right ways to do that, not like, I think I should work on this thing and I think I should work on this thing. That's so good. And going back to the ice hockey analogy, like everybody knows the goal. Let's get the puck in the net. But it's often in a business, <laughs> it's like it's you have to state it up front. Like, what is our goal together? And you're measuring the right things because it's not like hockey where it's obviously measurable the number of goals you have. In this case, like you do have to really flesh it out, and everybody has to have a current uh, main understanding how they're contributing to that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I want to start wrapping up and ask you around. We've talked about you know, making sure you're looking at proactive analytics. Actually, I'm curious if there's ever a time when reactive analytics is actually useful or do you say all analytics, what you should be looking at are ones that will have an impact and are proactive analytics? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are certainly things that happen or that you do where, I don't know if I'd exactly call it reactive, but it, I guess it is in response to something. So let's say for instance, you've launched a new feature. Well, when you launch a new feature, you then need to look at how is it doing? I don't know if I'd call that proactive or reactive, but it's it's less about like surfacing a problem. It's more about you just launched something new, you need to baseline it, right? So maybe you would consider that, again, I don't know if it's reactive, but it's not necessarily proactive. It's It's in response to an action. There's also, you know, it is good practice to have KPIs that you review on a regular basis, right? So whether or not there's something that you want to automatically surface that's happening, that's you should also do like, hey, this thing just jumped. You need to pay attention to it. But separate from that, it's good practice to just have someone once said to me fingertip metrics, right? So just know this is my main KPI or my main couple KPIs. I know in general how it's doing. We review it on a weekly or monthly basis. And so that's the way we operate. So yes, there's use. There's many different use cases, I guess I would say, for when you look at data, how you look at insight and how you find it. But the point maybe is just that if you don't have that proactive stuff, you may be missing things and you may be spending more time to find the right things than you could. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Just to wrap up, one question I love asking is if you can give one or two pieces of advice to product-led growth, product-led leaders right now, uh, and they can be in different functions, but what they really care about is you know, driving growth through a product-led motion. And what would be some advice that you'd give to them? It could be something that we talked about just now or, or something that, that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. I mean, going back to your question about aligning teams, I do think if you're embarking on product-led growth for the first time, for instance, it is super important to baseline your metrics, like get a baseline understanding of where you are. Because you can start improving things, but if you don't have a baseline, you don't know what your impact has been. Right. So I would really argue, and this is what we did at Heap when we started really focusing on our trial experience. We started by making sure we had all the data. That was the first order of business because you have to be able to improve against something. If you don't know what that something is, you're kind of just, you don't know what you're improving and then hurting something else somewhere. 
So, you know, someone once said, and I don't know who said this, I'm sure it was a very famous person, that just the act of measuring something often makes it improve. I love it. Yeah, so true. And so, you know, baseline, that's, that's the most important thing. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Rachel. And one final question, where can people find out more about you and your work? Uh, and where can people find out more about Heap Analytics? Yeah, so you can go to heap.io. So that's our website. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Rachel Opsler. There's not a lot of Opslers out there. And I don't think there's any other Rachel Opslers. <laughs> yeah. And we can also maybe share separately like other links um, about Illuminate, but you'll find it all on the website. Thank you, Rachel, for your time. Really do appreciate it. Great to be here. Thank you so much.